Hello everyone, you are on the grid on mypodcasthouse.com and a special edition of the show coming from our Adelaide studios for the first time and a bit of a role reversal as well. Richard Crow here and joining me on the line, it seems weird to say that, is Tony Shebecki. G'day Shebex. It's extremely weird for you to say that, Crowley. How are you mate? What a great day to wake up and be in Australia on uh, this Monday morning. I'm bloody tired, mate, but yeah. it's absolutely worth it because that was an incredible night. L- let's go back to the start. Um, Monaco Grand Prix, it-, it was redemption for Danny Rick, wasn't it? A win that went begging two years ago when Red Bull stuffed that pit stop up. Uh, lights to flag victory and in typical Aussie fashion. He did it with one arm tied behind his back, hopping along with a whole array of dramas. It- just typical Daniel Ricciardo victory, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was, Richard. Well, did we not get flashbacks back to two years ago when what looked to be a successful Monaco for Daniel Ricciardo was absolutely taken away from him mm. when his team messed it up for him? And once again, it looked like uh, it was going to happen again. I, I love the comment that he made after the race where he said, you know, I closed my eyes and nearly cried for the fact that I thought I was going to have another one taken away from me. And to lose 25% of your power in your engine and then go on to win, uh, but let's not just say win, Still win by seven seconds from Sebastian Vettel. It was an amazing drive by Daniel Ricciardo. And nearly, if you're going to put Daniel Ricciardo's best drives ever, where does it go? Top two, top three? Oh, I think so. Has to, yeah. surely. Just on the basis that alone that it's the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah, correct. And yeah. everything that goes about. i tell you what was nice to see, uh, and I'm sure you've seen all the comments since the, the actual race, but for Dr. Helmut Marco <laughs> to actually make the comment after the race, that he believed Daniel Ricciardo was the only person who could win that race with the with the dramas that he had is a massive flip for, for Dan, isn't it? And yeah. the fact that, you know, finally, that I don't think Albert Marco ever said anything nice about Mark Webber, and I don't think he's <laughs> actually really said anything much nice about Daniel Ricciardo up until this point. Yeah, correct. Did, does it make take your media hat off for a minute and put your Australian flag hat on does it make it sweeter that Verstappen crashed in qualifying and started from the back of the field? Oh, come on, tell me we weren't all cheering <laughs> on the television when that happened. Yeah, I was. <laughs> for, for, for a second, though, I had to, and I, I wasn't sure whether it was Verstappen or, or Daniel initially, yeah. but then all of a sudden it became apparent that it was Verstappen. And I, my son was sitting next to me, Mitchell, my 13-year-old, and I'm just saying, what an absolute moron you are. <laughs> what, and then he said, well, what, what do you do? What, what, what do you mean? And he just—it's been a real weird year for for Verstappen, uh, hasn't it? The fact that he is sort of the anointed one at Red Bull, but he's doing everything he can to make sure that he loses that title. Mm. It's interesting that like the timing of this run from Dan is amazing, though, isn't it? Because it's just it, his currency has gone up so much in the last, you know, three months. Yeah. Uh, on the fact that he's out of contract, he's looking for a drive. There's talk of maybe Mercedes or even Ferrari. And the more he does stuff like what he did last night, is just it just adds another zero to the end of his forthcoming paycheck, really, doesn't it? Oh, well, it's, I think Paul Gover got it right on the weekend papers where he said that a win in Monaco for Daniel Ricciardo, and forget about him, forget about a check being written for him, he gets a blank check and gets to put his own numbers. I think that's about right now. The fact that he had a great win in China, and the fact that now he has taken this monkey off his back and winning Monaco in the way he did, I think there's going to be a lot of money being thrown around. But we've spoken about this before, and we'll continue to speak about it throughout the year because obviously it's one of the hot topics. 
I'm still of the opinion, though, I really am of the opinion that he stays at Red Bull for the next two years. Yeah. I think it gives him the opportunity to fight for a championship. I don't think he gets that equal opportunity at Mercedes under Lewis Hamilton, or with Lewis Hamilton, I should say, or that same opportunity with Sebastian Vettel at Ferrari. I think staying at Red Bull, status quo, you get to fight for a championship. As long as Red Bull can improve their game, they seem to have in 2018. They seem to have definitely picked up and who knows what they can do with the Honda engine in uh, those Red Bull cars next year. They don't seem to be too bad at Toro Rosso this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, one of the interesting comments, and I watched the, the pre-race show on Fox Sports and Martin Brundle's Gridwalk, and the, I think the, the person, and I found this ironic, that summed up Formula One for me this year better than anyone has all year was none other than Hugh Grant, the actor. <laughs> now, stay with me on this because I'll explain why. But he said, it's got its sparkle back. And he said, it's yeah. just, you know, it, after the engine change. And he went, he actually talked about the change of engine regs, which blew me away for Hugh Grant. But it's got its sparkle back. And I think a lot of it is the fact that there's now, it seems to be three legitimately competitive teams at almost every racetrack. The Red Bulls are probably still 0.3 or 0.4 off in raw speed, but they're making up for that on circuits where it doesn't matter so much, like a Monaco or with great drives like what Dan's done. But it just feels this year, to me, better than the last couple, that there's now this intense fight, Hamilton, Vettel, Ricardo, and then the teammates in there as well, that it's just building to something really special. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, mate. And uh, once again, I was a little bit of a doubter, especially uh, after the last Grand Prix, that I thought, oh, hang on, this is just going to go the way we've seen it before for the remainder of the year. Everything just seemed to be going wrong. But uh, once again, you know, we'll put their hand up and say, hang on, we're still contenders. Ferrari remain up there while Vettel's still getting podiums on a very regular basis. Ricardo now goes third into the driver's championship, yeah. which is an amazing jump. And what's even more surprising is that he has doubled the amount of points to his teammate. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And that's that's a lot of that's down to the errors that Max has made or, or the combined errors like Baku when they, they took each other out. Um, yeah. yeah, which is which is really interesting. And that goes back to that point of the currency of Ricardo going up because of, you know, in the end you're judged on where you finish in the world championship. So pretty impressive yeah. stuff. Um, to your question, yeah. all we want is competition. That's all we want out of motor racing. Yeah. We've seen it so much here in Australia this year. Supercars, we're getting some great competition up the front. Uh, or we see the categories that we call in Carrera Cup and the like GT3 Cup Challenge for Porsche. The, the competition that we're getting there is just amazing. And as, as a race fan, I take the fact that we're working in the industry, but we're also fans of the actual sport, we walk out of a circuit on a Sunday thinking, how bloody good was that? Yeah. How good? And that's all I want to do. I want to sit down in front of my television on a Sunday night, an hour later than what I normally have to nowadays, which makes it even harder again. But then that's <laughs> another story. But in, in the last couple of years, and you know this because I've told you this before, I've watched the first five or six laps, and then I've just gone to bed because I know exactly what's going to happen. Mm. And, and invariably, I'll wake up the next morning, and that is what's happened. And every now and then, you get a surprise, and something has happened that you weren't expecting. Thank God I taped it. You go back and watch it then. But it hasn't excited me. It is exciting me this year. It really is. So by 12.30am on Sunday night, we'd seen Daniel, or Monday morning as it was, we'd seen Daniel Ricciardo win the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, earlier on that evening, Matt Hall won a round of the Red Bull Air Race, so Australia was kicking along very, very nicely. And then at 
AM, Australian Eastern Standard Time, the 102nd running of the Indianapolis 500 commenced. Uh, and as you know, Shebex, that's my pick of the bunch. If I had to pick either one of those two races to watch or to go to, it'd be Indy every time. Um, our boy Will Power was in the mix. James Davison was in the field. And we all know the result by now. Will Power becomes an Indy 500 winner for the first time in his career. Roger Penske wins his 17th race. But the the raw emotion from Will Power at the end of that was as good as anything I've seen in motor racing in the last decade, I reckon. It was just this massive relief. And I don't want to say validation of his career because his career was outstanding anyway with a championship and top five finishes in almost every year he's raced in IndyCar. But the Indy 500 is the... It's not just the cherry on the top of the cake. It's the whole bloody cake as well. So... He's now got that, and you'll never be able to take that away from him. So just in the context of Will Power's career, it's an enormous thing, and we'll, we'll talk about the broader implications in a minute. But for Will Power, what an incredible, incredible result. Who would have thought, and I, I credit Mark Walker with this comment on Twitter, or uh, was it Facebook, only uh, a few hours ago, but who would have thought that a boy who was racing around driving Formula Fords at Ipswich, what, 15... 20 years ago, yep. would then become an Indy 500 champion. It just is proof that you have the pathways and you follow them and you stick to them and things will happen for you. And uh, yeah, this is amazing. And I'll tell you, a lot of people will wake up this morning and read the papers and see the news today and think to themselves, Ben Inkin, look how the first Australian yep. to win an Indy 500. We've had a lot try. Yep. We've had a lot go through, but no one's ever got this like, well, uh, sorry, Will Powell's got this close, didn't he? he got second to Helio Castroneses. Easy for some to say. Yeah, exactly. A couple of years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got beat by his teammate. But for him to take that this year is just, yeah, it's just, well, no, it is validation, I think, Richard. Yeah. Everything what... that he's had to put up with and, and everything that he's had to do. I mean, you go through, it hasn't been an easy career for Will. You probably know it better than I do. Uh, but it's been a tough time. Well, it, it was, it's a bit like the Sterling Moss syndrome. So Sterling Moss regarded as one of the all-time greats of motor racing, full stop, and Formula One in particular. But every time he gets mentioned, there's an asterisk at the end of that sentence because he never won the world championship. And in IndyCar racing, Michael Andretti is the same. Champion a couple of times over, second on the all-time winners list in IndyCar racing. Phenomenal guy, never won the Indy 500. And it's just that little asterisk at the end. Will Power is now third on the all-time pole sitters list in US Open Wheel Racing. He's equal eighth on the all-time winners list with Alancer Jr. He would have left the sport with a remarkable legacy regardless, but especially being a Penske driver, had he not won the 500, there just would have been, in the eyes of those that really that love to judge and, and love to validate a career, I suppose, there would have been that asterisk without a 500 win. So it just... It just emphasises all of everything that Will's built in his time there. The pole positions, the incredible qualifying laps, the searing race pace, the bad luck, the crash, the broken back that Roger Penske stuck through him, ultimately gave him the full-time drive. And then, you know, runner-up three times in that championship before he won it. Three times. Um, and then ultimately went on to win the IndyCar Series. And now he's a 500 winner. It, it's now an unbelievable career. And at 37, he's probably still got three or four more years left. Um, he's now at a point where he'll get to real greatness because, I mean, he's leading the championship now. So he could conceivably win a second title this year as well. 
Does it definitely stamp him as the greatest thing to come out of Toowoomba? <laughs> what's what, what's the benchmark before that? I suppose him. Well, yeah. From motorsport context, yeah. What, what else has come out of Toowoomba? I'm not actually sure. Uh, Will, Will Brown? Yeah, B's too race only in the early stages of his career. But but even from sport, like any AFL greats come out of Toowoomba? Surely some rugby greats have come out of there. No, no I can list. Some rugby greats for sure. But from a but winning NRL premierships, great, but it's not the Indy 500, is it? No, no, it's it's not. But uh, yeah, this is an amazing thing. And what a, what a weekend to do it on the same day. And both these drivers have effectively said in the last couple of days that the boxes they needed to tick in their career were these races. For Dan McCarter, it was Monaco. And for Will Power, it definitely was the Indy 500. Not to win those races in their career would be you know, so, a, a, an achievement that they would go away in retirement thinking, my God, you know, I just didn't do it. I just didn't get there. Yeah. So now for them both to have made those marks that they needed to, they can both go on and say, you know, regardless of what happens in the rest of their career now, that they've been there and done that. The, the difference for me, Shebex, is that Ricardo could go on and win the F1 World Championship and be completely and utterly fulfilled without a Monaco victory because he'd still be a world champion. And Mark Webber's probably the ultimate example. He didn't quite get that championship but won Monaco twice. Yep. But Power already had, and admittedly at a different stage in his career, um, he's 37, as I said, um, Power already had that championship. So the Indy was the whole. That was the... The missing link. So, if you're Ricardo and you win the world championship, and then you go after that Monaco victory, that's probably a, a similar sort of circumstance. So, but I mean, driving for Roger Penske, and we've got to know that story even better since he's been involved in supercars. Indy, Indy's the big ticket. That's the one he wants to win. He'd take that over a uh, over a championship every day. It's like Craig Lowndes would rather win Bathurst than a supercar title had, every we've year. Had this argument, so many, not the argument, but we've had this discussion over numerous times, haven't we, in regards to what do drivers want to win, Bathurst or a championship? Yep. Who remembers who won a championship 10 years ago? Mm. So everyone remembers that Peter Brock won nine Bathurst, but do they know how many championships he won? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's the grand final. It's great, though. Yeah. It just And from Australian motorsport perspective, here's one for you, and I posed this question on Twitter early this morning in the euphoria-induced tweeting spree I was on. Um, is it the biggest day in Australian motor racing since Alan Jones won the World Championship in 1980? The only thing that would have made it even bigger was if Jack Miller had won a MotoGP. On the same weekend. But there wasn't a bike race on, so... No, there wasn't a bike race on, exactly. So that day, when AJ clinched the championship in 1980, that was... Since Jack Brabham won his final title in '67, that was probably the most significant day for Australian motor racing, winning a world Formula One championship. We haven't won one since, but this weekend we won the Monaco Grand Prix and the Indy 500 for the first time in 102 years. Without a doubt, the biggest day in Australian motorsport. Uh, I mean, if if it had been Ricardo winning the Chinese Grand Prix and Will winning Long Beach, mm. yeah, 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 fine, great. Good day, but, you know, what is it? Yeah. But Monaco and Indy 500 on the same day, you're not going to top that. Yeah. Seriously not. Yeah, correct. 100%. It's it's extraordinary. So, uh, amazing stuff. Uh, and well done, Will Power. And, and you and I have interviewed Will a couple of times, and, and he's a great guy. He's, he's a strange cat, um, but he's changed his approach this year and um, a different attitude and a freedom to his driving. And, and if you're a Will Power rival, like, 
he smoked them in qualifying every year he's raced in the category. He's won a championship. He's been in the top three on six occasions in the last 10 years in the title race. Now he's got an Indy 500. They must be going, well, if there was pressure on before, there isn't now. How much more competitive is he going to be? Like, the gloves are properly off. The question also needs to be asked, Carlsy, how big is Will Power in American motor racing now that he's won an Indy 500? Well, he's miles bigger than here. How many people here do you reckon know Will Power? Well, yeah, probably not too many. I mean, your motorsport enthusiasts definitely do, and he's had a supercar connection. Let's let's say, let's say, at a max, what fifteen percent of the population? Ah, if that. But maybe even maybe if that. You're right. Even driving back from the airport this morning, uh, commercial FM radio news in a major capital city was Daniel Ricciardo won Monaco. Not a mention of Will Power winning the Indy Five Hundred. And funny you mention that because I just did a report for a sports station over in Perth and they wanted to talk all about Daniel Ricciardo's win at Monaco. And then when I threw in, oh, we should also mention too that Will Power uh, won the the, uh, the Indy 500 overnight. What a magnificent effort that is. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no problems. I'm going to throw Shebeka there, Julius. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Because I think if you surveyed 100 motor racing people... I reckon 70 of them would go the 500 is the more significant race. Without a doubt. Hmm. Anyway, that's an interesting philosophical discussion we can have down the road. Um, Just to wrap things up quickly, next weekend, Shannon's Nationals heads to the Phillip Island Grand Prix circuit for round three. Uh, Long distance GT racing, Porsche GT3 Cup challenges were up for round three. Uh, But yeah, Yeah, I was going to say Cam Shaco Formula 4 at Phillip Island, which is always a really good mix. Yeah, actually, uh, there might be a brand new name for the CAMS Formula 4 Series being yeah. announced uh, during this week. Interesting. So uh, wait to see. I believe that the new sponsor could be in the wind yeah. for Formula 4, only because I've been told not to bring my old jacket, so <laughs> that would suggest to me that something might be happening. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend with the Kansasie GT racing this year so far, uh, especially at Tail and Bend. Uh, where they had a, a bit of an endurance race there. So to get those guys out on the very open and beautiful track at Phillip Island, as we as they were at Tail and Bend, you know you're going to get some really good racing uh, from, from these uh, marked cars. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to GT3 Cup as well because that's been extraordinary over the first two rounds. And Chelsea Angela, after riding off her car at Sandown, will be back on track, which is great news. So you'll be able to follow all that action at thenationals.com.au. Um, I like this hosting role, Shebex. You, you might battle to get this back off me next week, mate. Might get you to do it again in a couple of weeks' time when I'm up in uh, Darwin. I'll, I think I'll be there too, won't I? No, no, the week... The, ah. Before you actually get up there, we might not. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Up there. But no, thank you, mate. I really appreciate you taking the... Uh, taking the chair for the day and uh, look forward to seeing you at Phillip Island on the weekend. And we'll have all the coverage from the Phillip Island Shannon's Nationals here on the grid next week. Goodbye for now.